Welcome to one of the most confusing NHL drafts in recent memories. Uh, the, the 2022 NHL draft is coming up in just a couple of days. And honestly, I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen. There's been a lot of chaotic events around the world that have certainly impacted a number of the rankings, uh, whether it's COVID or the Russian invasion of Ukraine. There are so many storylines with this year's draft. And, you know, for the Winnipeg Jets finally having two first round picks, could this be one of the best uh, in terms of underrated gems the Jets have had? Or is this draft poised for disaster? We're going to take a look at some rankings and see who the Jets might end up with at their respective picks on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, I wanted to sort of talk about the upcoming draft and some of the rankings that have been coming out, um, more specifically Craig Button's list. Craig tends to take a, a big aggregate of like all of the different scouting services out there and tries to pull together some sort of like a composite list. It's been a weird year for the NHL in general when it comes to prospect scouting, and I think this particular draft, more so than any other, is faced with so many unknown variables. Um, quite frankly, a lot of chaotic world events, things that were out of the control of almost every single league out there. Uh, and, and it's really put, I would say, a, a strain on the drafting and scouting process this year. I think we're looking at more players maybe with, uh, I would say, cosmetic flaws. Uh, the, the amount of missed uh, ice time and seasons uh, certainly the controversies going on between um, Russia and Ukraine and all of the sanctions and things that have emerged out of that around Russian players also having a bit of an impact on the rankings um, and even some of the stuff that's happened in the world in terms of hockey players uh, being detained in Russia. Uh, one of the most recent ones or uh, the primary one that we're aware of right now, Ivan Fedotov from the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, I think his case represents a very worrying situation for a lot of NHL GMs, you know, are we actually going to be able to get, you know, players like Fedotov and other drafted prospects, or even just guys playing in the KHL right now, uh, who could potentially be free agents or even drafted prospects already in systems. Can we actually get them overseas? That remains a huge question. So this year's draft is, is very chaotic. And in looking at it, you know, Craig button has tried to put together um, a list based on all of the rankings out there. And from, you know, the, the, the top 10 or so, most of the names are relatively straightforward. You've got Shane Wright and Yurash uh, uh, Slavkovsky, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, going first and second, which I think Yurash uh, is, is definitely the number two pick for the Devils. I think Wright will still go first overall to the Habs. 
After that, though, this is where things kind of get really interesting. He's got Joaquim Kamel at third, then Logan Cooley, Simon Nemitz at fifth, um, David Juracek at sixth, Cutter Gauthier at seventh, um, Jimmy Snuggerud at eighth, Jonathan Lekedamaki at ninth, and Kevin Korchinski at tenth. Some of these guys for me are probably pretty low. Um, uh, I would say there are players down this list that I think should be much higher. Uh, Snookerud, I would be surprised if he goes like this high at eighth, especially when uh, Matthew Savoie is still on the list. There are a number of other players that could probably have a chance to uh, push up. I think Frank Nazar is pretty far down the list, and we'll talk about where he is um, in just a little bit. But, you know, the top 10 here, I, I think, definitely has some controversy. I think it also speaks to the complications that there have been in trying to scout some of these players. Uh, I think scouting has done one of the best jobs trying to prepare reports uh, and give you footage and, and really good insight into what has been going on. Um, Smart Scouting has also been doing a really good job. A number of folks out there, great services, uh, elite prospects, of course, they've prepared their reports. And so it's been, you know, it's not like no one's had eyes on a lot of these guys, but of course, it's just hard to find any sort of consensus. And so some of these picks I'm not super surprised by. Where you're going to be more interested to hear is in the Winnipeg Jets range. Um, so we'll go through 11 through 20, because this is roughly where the Jets might find somebody uh, for the, the first pick, right? At 11th, you've got Pavel Mintukov, then Daniela Yurov, uh, followed by Owen Pickering, Yeri Kulik, uh, Ivan Mirishnichenko, then Jagger Furkus, uh, Marco Kasper, Liam Ergren, and then Matthew Savoie, followed by, at 20th overall, Reed Schaefer. I don't know much about Schaefer. He's one of the names that I think probably got pushed up a little bit on this list. Uh, I don't know if he's too high or too low, but he's not one that I've heard talked about uh, excessively in like the top 20 picks or so. Might just be me not fully seeing the picture, but um, most of these other guys have been roughly somewhere in this anywhere from like 10 to 25 range. This middle of the first round is like really complicated and it's been difficult to figure out uh, roughly where guys kind of fall in the rankings. One of the names that definitely stands out for the Jets here um, among many is, is Matthew Savoie sitting this far down. If Savoie is going to be somehow available at 14th overall, I don't really think the Jets have any sort of choice here. You, you have to take him. I think he would probably be one of the best choices available left. Um, unless the Jets want to take a little bit of a risk and go for somebody like Mintukov. Mintukov, I've talked about in the past as being one of the most dynamic defenders in the entire draft. He's super exciting, and there's a lot of his game that I think would definitely translate to pro-level hockey, uh, especially the the offensive capability, the edge work, the vision, and shooting ability. I mean, this guy is an offensive monster. The problem with him is that his defensive work probably needs some polishing, and like I've mentioned in the past, he had some moments that kind of reminded me a little bit of Logan Stanley. I don't know if it's more of an issue with the team that he plays for in Saginaw, maybe asking him to do some things that aren't that optimal, you know, pinching at the blue line kind of as a Logan Stanley thing. And we all know that that didn't exactly go well. But aside from that, you know, Danila Yudov would also be a stellar pick. Uh, Yudov has been very talked about, and I believe he's one of um, Magnitikorsk's really talented skaters. From what I understand, he is a very good, good scorer. Um, certainly one of the top prospects this year. And I think if he fell this far down, I, I would say like people are kind of expecting him in the 12 to 14 range, but uh, I think he would be a very exciting player, somebody that has great passing ability and certainly a strong frame. 
And while his KHL numbers might not look crazy for people right now, um, I, I think you really don't worry too much about that. I mean, he's what, like, he's like 17 or 18. Uh, yeah, he's 18, super young, um, consistently ranked in the top 10 or 15 picks by most of the major scouting services. A lot of people are excited about his edge work matched with his strength and frame, uh, plus his, his vision and spatial awareness. So I think that there's a really good winger there. Um, and certainly the Jets, you know, they they could definitely take a punt here. But Yadov might be a victim of, of course, the fact that he plays in the KHL. And I want to talk about this in a little bit um, just after the break, because I feel like this whole draft is kind of hinging on the availability of Russian players in North America. And that, you know, for a lot of people is is still up in the air. So, you know, in just a little bit, we'll talk about how this might shape some of the top of this round, especially because a number of Russian players are actually on this list very high up. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. Those of you who have listened to this podcast a while know that I'm personally somebody who's not really big into online betting. I didn't know much about it until I tried BetOnline. And, you know, even now there are still moments where I'm not super clear on it. But BetOnline, when I used it to bet on the Bundesliga match, really couldn't have been easier to use. It's super informative. They make the bets, odds, and lines very easy to understand. And placing your bet itself is actually super easy, including, you know, making your deposit, registering registering for a free account, all that stuff, very straightforward, very user-friendly. And more than just online betting, they've also got league news, updates, they've got podcasts, articles, everything surrounding all of your favorite sports, whether you're into baseball, uh, NFL football, of course, MMA, boxing, golf, you name it, they've probably got it. And if you're not into sports, no problem. They've also got Vegas casino games so that they cover every single base for all users, no matter what you're into. Again, getting started really couldn't be easier. Just register for a free account at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to get started. Because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for choosing to make us your first listen of the day every day. Obviously, right now we're talking about the NHL draft and uh, the the stuff that's going to come out over the next couple of days, which I think is going to be very interesting to see and very complicated. This year's draft, a lot of questions and, uh, you know, for me, a lot of uncertainty. And kind of on that same note, I wanted to encourage you to check out uh, the NHL draft coverage that we're going to have for across the network coming up this week. It's right around the corner, and our team of local hosts and draft experts are going to be breaking it down with insights and analysis for every single first-round pick. This for the Jets is obviously very crucial because, like I've said before, we have the 14th and 30th overall picks. And after you know, 15 minutes after the picks go live, um, I'm going to have some analysis on the Jets, uh, whether they've made trades uh, around these picks or whether they've just gone for the selection. I'll give you my thoughts on the prospects they've taken and you know what the next steps are with each of these guys. Again, 15 minutes after the picks are made. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On Winnipeg Jets on YouTube for all the latest updates, as well as continuing Jets analysis throughout the rest of the offseason and into next season. Circling back towards the draft itself, um, one of the big things that I think a lot of people are trying to figure out is, is anyone actually going to draft Russian prospects, especially guys overseas? Players like Pavel Mintukov don't have this issue, I don't think, because Mintukov is already in North America. But for a guy like, say, Mirosh, uh, Miroshnichenko and, you know, um, Danila Yerov, there's a bit of uncertainty as to their availability. And we've already seen bureaucracy causing issues overseas. The the one player from CSK Moscow, Fedotov, has been detained 
because he was viewed as an army deserter, basically, uh, for failing to report to duty and instead signing a contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. And I think that stuff like this is going to continue to happen. I don't know if any of these other teams have particularly unique situations with their involvement in the military like CSKA does. Um, That team, apparently you are actually considered a member of the military, but I think regardless of what is what is maybe the specific circumstances, I think it maybe gives a good insight into what might happen to a lot of these players, especially if Russia is reticent to let them move towards North America, because obviously, you know, Russian prospects are a very big deal for them. And on an international stage, these players all represent the the regime's hard work in perfecting their hockey programs and development cycles. So I, I think that this is a very unusual situation, especially with the invasion going on. And apparently a lot of NHL teams have basically said they're not going to take Russian prospects. So um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think on the one hand, I understand why they're being blackballed. And I think there are legitimate material concerns about players who are still overseas and whether or not they can actually be brought over. But for guys who might be already stateside or in North America in general, I feel like that's not really the most fair assessment. You know, don't don't punish the kids who are already here and who, you know, many of them probably don't have any connections to the regime. Many of them might not even be in favor of what's happening. But, you know, just trying to, I, I think, evaluate them on their hockey skill alone, I know is obviously a very complicated question right now. I, I just don't feel it's necessary to further... Uh, punish a lot of the players who probably don't have any any involvement in this process and maybe are even against the war. So, yeah, I think this year's draft, especially in the first round, there's not that many top-ranked Russians, but the, the ones that are there are pretty high-profile among the you know first 15 or 20 picks. So, yeah, it's going to be strange. And I think for the Jets, um, you know, we've already got some Russian prospects in the system I don't know how many of them have come overseas. I think there are at least a couple that are still uh, playing in the KHL, which I'm sure for the Jets is a little bit concerning. I don't think Winnipeg is actually going to draft any of these guys, except for maybe Mintukov. Uh, Usually Winnipeg has gone for BPA, but given the risks around all of this, I just can't see the Jets going out on a limb unless there's a really, really amazing player there that they just can't really pass by. So... It's a weird situation. I've never seen anything like this in in all of the years that I've I followed the NHL in hockey. This is the first time that something like this has really come up, um, and I hope it's the last time. But I, I suspect it probably won't be with the way things are trending these days. But uh, I'd be curious to know how you feel about this. Do you uh, think that the Jets should be drafting Russian prospects, especially those who are still overseas, or do you like me kind of think that it might actually be too risky? and maybe it's not for the best. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments below or at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. In a little bit, I want to talk about um, some of the players that are on this list that I think could definitely be fits for the Jets and why Winnipeg might be swinging for the fences here this year, all coming right up after the break. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We're closing out tonight with some interesting thoughts on the upcoming draft and what I think Winnipeg might do. This year uh, definitely is an unusual season for the Jets, um, an unusual offseason, of course. We've got a brand-new head coach who has a very different philosophy than Paul Maurice did. And, you know, I think for the most part, Chevy 
might be in control now. I think he doesn't have to worry so much about other voices necessarily influencing the direction he wants to take this team. And if that's the case, I think Chevy has tended to really prioritize a lot of high-end skill and puck-moving ability. So I think if a guy like Pavel Mintukov is going to be available at, say, 14th overall, I would imagine that Sheveldayoff is probably slamming the draft button. I really don't think many other players are going to be available at that ranking that would really catch his eye more. The only reason somebody would is if, like, a player who's just really insanely good falls to them, maybe like a, a Kevin Korchinski or something. I've seen on a lot of mock drafts, including Scouching's own mock draft, um, Denton Matejchuk being the option here. Matejchuk would also be awesome. I really don't think you could go wrong there. Uh, but Matejchuk might be a little bit more of a well-rounded pick. But in terms of like offensive ability and skill, you know, there's a decent chance that Minjukov might be an even bigger prospect. Again, he carries a decent amount of risk. But if you're picking at 14th overall and you land one of those two guys, there's just really no complaints. I mean, these two guys are both really amazing talents. And I think that there's a lot there that especially if the Jets kind of modernize their back end, I think both could potentially fit the future core. Now, if somebody like Matthew Savoir or something somehow falls to this position, I just can't see the Jets really passing up on him. He's one of the most talented offensive players in this entire draft. And uh, the Jets, I mean, they're going to have some really great options. I, I have to say that Frank Nazar, who's currently sitting at 25th overall on this ranking, I can't imagine him slipping out of the top 15. I think that he's one of the most efficient and most clean, so to speak, uh, offensive prospects in this draft. And you have to think that somebody is definitely going to be taking him a little bit higher. Moving down the list, though, towards 30th overall, you start to see some interesting names. Uh, we'll start at uh, 23rd overall because this is another player that Scouching thought might be in Winnipeg's range. Uh, Luca Del Belus at 23 overall. Then at 24th, Denton Matejchuk, which I can tell you right now, Matejchuk's not falling to 24th. I'm pretty sure he's going to go top 15 as well. Same with Frank Nazar at 25th overall. And then at 26, you start to see names that are probably a little bit more fair in this range. Uh, you've got Rucker McGrordy, then Callie Odelius, uh, then Matias Havelid, and then Connor Geeky and Noah Oslin um, rounding out the last uh, couple of picks here at 30th overall. So in this range, I think the Jets have a chance to grab a really decent, um, I would say most likely one of the, the Swedish prospects. I don't know that Oslin would be one of those guys that's going to be available at 30th overall. I could see him going somewhere in the 20 to 25 range, maybe a little bit after that. But where the Jets are picking, uh, Connor Geeky is probably one of the guys that's more likely to be there. Same with like a McGrory type. For these guys, you know, the Jets, they're not going to get somebody with like crazy, crazy, crazy uh, potential. And for me, that's kind of why seeing both Gleb Trikazov and Brad Lambert on this list, I would say swing for the fences if you can get either of those guys at 30th. If you've got any of those players available to you, I just don't see a reason why that you should um, walk away from them. At 42nd and 43rd overall on this list, the fact that they're even approaching um, and into the second round for me is criminal. I think both are first-round talents. And Lambert in particular... Um, both Lambert and Trikazov really are, are just crazy, crazy talents with such extraordinary individual skill that I kind of I want to bet on them. Obviously, both have some work to do. Uh, Lambert especially has had a really rough go of it in, in Finland. But, you know, if you've actually watched Scouching's report, 
you've probably heard by now that it might not all be on him. So uh, you've either got the really dynamic score in Trikazov or in Lambert, one of the most creative playmaking forces out there who has incredible speed um, and some of the best individuals, talent and skill, as well as skating in the entire draft. So at 30th overall, I would really prefer Chevy to just go for it. Don't go for like a geeky type. I think Connor is going to be a good prospect and somebody that might even develop into a really solid middle six center. But, you know, his his ceiling, I think, has a cap. And I know that having like a guaranteed NHL player actually carries a lot of value, especially for a late first. Um, but I, I just feel like if somebody like Lambert or Trikazov is still on the board, go for it. You, you know, the worst case scenario is you maybe only get one NHLer out of the two picks that you've got. And I think that that is okay. I think if you've gotten one even that plays 100 plus games, you're just laughing at the bank. So hopefully Winnipeg can draft really well. I'd be curious to know who you think the Jets uh, should take at some of these picks. Be sure to let me know again at HLLivingLoco on Twitter and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, same place, or in the YouTube comments below. But uh, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Stay tuned to the rest of the week as we continue to monitor the free agent market. We're going to talk about which guys maybe the Jets should take a look at now that they have a coach with a clear philosophy and who might fit this philosophy, whether it's going to be cheap or more expensive, and uh, any additional trades and moves that happen, especially those that might concern the Jets. But again, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. While you're at it, be sure to make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on every in uh, and trend around the league, um, you know, delivered to you fresh daily with Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.